0: welcome to the entirely koala queen podcast i'm your host megan shaler on this podcast i talk about real life i share my stories about my life and how i navigated my way through with severe anxiety addiction and codependency it's honest it's real and a little bit quirky i'm a single mum of two special boys My mission in life is to help us break the stigmas surrounding mental health, unravel our conditioning, and have uncomfortable conversations that lead us into self-acceptance. I plan to bring you weekly episodes where we dig deep into the big topics. Please join me on this crazy ride where we can laugh and cry together. Hello, my beautiful people. Thank you so much for returning to this podcast. It's only been one week. One week. But I feel like it's crazy to say this, but I feel that I've grown so much in just the last week because. You know, I'm pushing through so many crazy emotions about doing this podcast. One minute I go from, yeah, girl, this is the most fantastic thing you're ever going to do. Yeah, you're going to do so well. And then I also go through these moments of total fear and just freaking out that it's shit, I'm shit, everything's shit, and it's all going to go to shit, and then You're going to be shit, you know, you know how the ego likes to do things to our minds. Well, my ego is just having a field day right now. So the only way that I can alleviate these symptoms of anxiety about the podcast is to just keep doing the podcast. So here I am today. Thank you so much for joining me and your support. I promise guys, the technology is getting better. Every week I have a new technology goal to just enhance the audio, and this week I've got some cute little intros and outros that I've worked on, so I'm super proud of what I've put together. So let's get into it. Today I wanted to talk about divorce, and I wanted to talk about co-parenting. And the reason why I have been called to do this topic this week is because this is the anniversary of my well divorce, separation, so I am feeling all the reflective feels right now. So this story, it has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end. A lot of the time when we hear the word divorce, like really listen to that word, divorce, it's such, a, it's such a charged word, isn't it? And for me, if I really sit there and I think about the feelings that I feel when I hear that word, it actually brings me feelings of doom and dread. But when divorce is done as a conscious uncoupling, I think that it can be one of the best things for yourself, for your ex partner, and for the children, because some couples just shouldn't be together. And staying together for the children, just for the sake of staying, you know, married can sometimes be a more harmful decision. So it's been two years since my marriage ended. Um, So what I'm going to do, just to highlight the beginning, the middle and the end, I want to go back to the 22nd of October, 2018. It had been a really, really tough weekend. And the weekend was just escalating with resentment between the both of us. I remember watching my ex husband in the backyard. He was doing some artworks and he was just fuming all weekend. And it really showed how his state of mind was in the artworks because they were all just so angry. Um, I remember thinking that at the time. Um, But the air was just so thick and toxic. And, you know, it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for him. We were not. Bringing the best out of each other. I used to wonder how I was going to get through the weekend and then sometimes my brain would try to think of what the next 10 years were like and I was like holy hell how can we live the next 10 years like this this is not going to work. We were two strangers living under the one roof. We were not being present with our children and we were honestly just surviving the day I felt so bad that I, I just didn't have a happy place and I felt all this stress in my body. Now, admittedly, I do have, um, I have five slipped discs. In, I have two in my lower back and three in my neck. But back then, I was um, suffering from chronic, chronic bone back pain. My neck was constantly stiff where I couldn't move it for days. I don't have that issue anymore, and I think what the issue was because I was always so tensed up that I I was triggering extra pain in my in my body because of this. Now I remember that Monday morning that we woke up to go to marriage counseling. You know, after a really tense weekend, we used to go to our marriage counsellor, Jesse, every fortnight. So it was our marriage counselling session. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, he's been such an arsehole all weekend. I bet we'll go to the counsellor and then he'll want to patch things up like he normally does. And no, I'm not doing that this time. I'm going to stand my ground and tell him that this is shit. But never once did I think that we were actually going to end the marriage, um, which kind of crazy when you think about it because the marriage definitely wasn't functioning. So after a tense morning, we drove to the marriage counsellor. We barely said a word, you know, thick, silent, tense. I remember we got to Jesse's office and we sat down and I remember my ex-husband started talking um, and I was just listening to him. And then All of a sudden, he started saying that over the weekend, he realized that he just couldn't keep trying in this marriage and that the marriage was over. I remember feeling this at the time. It was like this weird out-of-body experience. It's like at the time, I felt like it was some kind of a joke but somehow I knew that it wasn't a joke and that it was very, very real. And I knew like deep down there was a part of me that was dead, like a, a part of him that was dead serious. But at the same time, I couldn't grasp the reality. It was so weird. I remember also feeling absolutely terrified for my future. I, at the same time, remember feeling relieved, relieved that there was going to be an end to this chapter. And I had no idea how the hell I was going to survive without him. Back then, I wasn't a recovering codependent. I was fully codependent. I didn't have any idea in my mind that I didn't have to bounce on him to either like validate or tell me his thoughts and his thoughts became mine. We were so enmeshed with each other. but also too, he was my enabler. So he did everything for me, you know, because I've always had this chronic anxiety. He's such a fixer. So, you know, for years he just enabled and fixed me, which is, you know, that's, that's nothing bad about him. It's just, that's his nature. He's, he's the rescuer. So, you know, you have the rescuer and the one that needs to be rescued. And that's how our dynamic worked for the 14 years that we were together. So I had this fear of how the hell am I going to do this life alone? He puts petrol in my car. He used to get all my medication from the pharmacy. He used to do the groceries. He used to pay the bills. He used to do the registration on my car. He did everything for me. He was kind of like my personal assistant by that stage. So it was a really, really terrifying thought to think that all of a sudden I was going to have to stand on my own two feet. After a felt like a long silence, I'm sure it wasn't too long, but the only words that I could muster after I was told that we would be separating, my, my response to him was, you can only ever love me when I'm down. It was such a strange response in that time, but nothing else could come out of my mouth. Um, But after those words were said, I didn't fight it. I knew what we were doing was right. I knew that he was still my best friend. Um, But I also remember feeling a very, very, very deep sense of betrayal. How could he not have told me this before now why did he wait here how could he do this to me so this is what I'm getting at I'm getting at that this whole process of a separation is such an emotional roller coaster of contradict contradicting um like emotions one one phrase that I could really call this it, it's bittersweet. For every single thought that you have, you have a contradicting thought that goes with it. So it's a real, excuse my language, head fuck, (laughs) to manoeuvre your way through this process. My ex-husband is a very pragmatic man. Um, So the moment that this information was all out into the open, um, he started making the plans right away about, um, you know, getting it all done. and. To be honest, I don't remember a hell of a lot around that time. It's all a bit of a blur. But I remembered that I basically spent a couple of weeks in bed. I wasn't a very functional human. And he was still caring for me as in, I hope you're okay. and But he was giving me my space. And it was a really heartbreaking time because your heart is so broken. Even though the love is not the same anymore and you're just surviving the day, you're still grieving the end of a relationship. So there was very sad moments where, you know, I had that gut-wrenching, awful pain inside me and talking to him made it feel better. I remember I started smoking for a couple of months just to get through the stress about how the hell am I going to live my life? I was worried about my financial future. I didn't think that I could make it alone. The reason why I mention all that is because we were both working through a shitstorm of emotion. And the emotions were intense. And just because we made the decision to separate, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, we were best friends and we were just going to do this conscious uncoupling thing. The, the decision to put the welfare of our children first was our main priority, which meant that all the anger and the resentment that we had towards each other for the shit storm of shit <laughs> that occurred in our marriage and how we were feeling all these supercharged emotions, they had to be put on the back seat because the welfare of our kids was our number one priority. So, you know, our marriage wasn't simply just a case of, oh, you know, life's hard, we've drifted apart. Anything that could go wrong in a marriage went wrong in our marriage. So, you know, we were dealing with very, very, very big marital issues. So because it was a conscious uncoupling, it didn't mean that we weren't feeling all these supercharged emotions that, you know, it was complete head fuckery, but it was our common goal to put the kid's emotional state before our own. And when you're working towards that goal, you will find it will really help you in how you move forward with the whole process. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to just share the things that we did for our children during this whole separation process and how we kept um, mindful of how we could still operate as a separated family unit. I also just want to put a disclaimer out there that if you are suffering from domestic violence and extreme abuse you have an unsafe partner. So please know that it's not possible um, to do this co-parenting conscious uncoupling with someone that doesn't want to have this common goal in mind also. Um, I don't want you to feel that you're not doing the right thing because you're not being given the choice in in this matter. So um, the first point that I wanted to say is tell the kids together and make it very clear that although you're not going to be husband and wife, that you're still mummy and daddy. And it's really important to ensure that the kids are allowed to fully express their emotion. So, you know, it should be a very open space for them to bring up anything that comes up. And I know that it's really, really hard but please refrain from every time that they bring up a feeling or an emotion that you bring it back to this positive spin. Because when they're in their feelings and their emotions and you keep coming back with that toxic positivity, it can feel like they're not being validated and that their really, really rational feelings and emotions are being dismissed. So they need to feel like they're being understood in this process. I think it's also really important to make sure of what their understanding is of the scenario. Um, You know, get them to paraphrase back to you what their understanding is. When we were talking about it to the kids, I noticed that Riley had a full understanding of it, but Rory was kind of just like, Glazed over and kind of not engaging, which is not terribly abnormal for him if the subject (laughs) doesn't revolve around him because of his autism. He just gets really bored and zones out quite easily. So I remember saying to Rory, Rory, um, do you know what's happening? And he didn't know what's happening. So I thought, What's a way that I can tell him so he would understand? And he used to call our wedding rings um, our Mary. So um, I said, see mummy's hands. And I didn't have my Mary on. And I said, we're not wearing our Marries, Rory, because our marry is finished. And at that point, his eyes welled up and he had a little cry And I knew at that point that he understood and as painful as that was, the children need to actually understand what's happening because when all these huge changes start to take place, if they don't understand what's happening, imagine how traumatic that would be. And imagine how that would feel like just getting the rug ripped from under you like that. So it's really important that you have these hard conversations where it's uncomfortable, but you need to make sure that they walk out understanding what's actually going to be taking place. So it's okay to be direct about the situation. Just, you know, do it with love and validate, validate, validate. I can't express that enough. Um, Also, make it very clear to them that this is a mummy, daddy, adult thing and make it very, very clear that they haven't done anything wrong. Explicitly say to them, explicitly, not explicitly, (laughs) say to them, this is not your fault. They need to be really clear that it's not their fault because children of a young age will automatically think that mummy and daddy don't love each other anymore and it's all my fault because kids are so egocentric. They just think that they're responsible for everything. They are the centre of their own world, so they will blame themselves. Let them ask any questions if they have them and let them know that it's okay that if they don't have any questions right now, But if they have questions later on, whether it be 4 a.m. in the morning or whatever, let them know that you're a safe place and that they're allowed to ask questions because keeping children in secrecy is not a productive thing in this scenario. Um, They need to know that mummy and daddy are emotionally available to them Um, And imagine, you know, when you don't know the details of something, how bad can your mind make up scenarios and you don't want them to be doing that. Let your children know that if they need extra support that isn't mummy and daddy, that they can see like a special feelings doctor or a talking doctor if they need to talk about it a bit more with someone. Um, You know, I don't know a lot of kids that take up that offer. But it's always nice to know that it's there. Uh, My oldest son, Riley, suffered quite a bit of trauma in the divorce. So for one year, he was very traumatized. Um, So after a year, we started seeing a behavior psychologist. But to be honest, the psychology is mostly based on us as the parents learning how to handle his vulnerable emotions because children just don't act that way because they're crazy or bad. It's got something to do with the parenting. So we also had to learn ourselves to be that extra little bit vulnerable with him and to really hold space for him during that time. And I'm happy to say that he has come along in leaps and bounds i'm so happy with his progress and we've just got so much of a more happier home life because um we just we do the vulnerability thing with him so you know we've had to change the way we parent through this whole process and i don't even know if we would have ever done that if it wasn't for the divorce you know so You learn so many more new things by going through this process because it opens you up and you have to take a really good look at yourself. With moving forward as a separated family unit, um, I now just want to give some tips about how we handle that so we can work the best that we possibly can together with the children, even though we're apart. (laughs) Um, So... For instance, when we send emails to the school or emails to their therapists or doctors, we CC each other in. And we do that so we are both aware of everything that's happening so we don't accidentally forget to communicate something that's really important to do with the kids. Uh, So we always CC each other in on these emails, which is really, really helpful. And to be honest, the doctors and therapists Really love it that we work this way together. They tell us all the time that it's very unique and very refreshing. Um, we attend all parent teacher interviews together and school concerts and assemblies. And I can tell you the smile on our children's faces when they see us together at these things, is, you can just tell that the kids really appreciate it. The kids have enough to go through without feeling awkward. With the tension of mum and dad sitting at complete opposite ends of the hall. Like, I know that many people have to do that, but if you can if you can work through it and not have to do that, believe me, your kids will thank you. We do birthday parties as a family unit. So we don't do a separate birthday party for the children. We celebrate birthday parties together for the kids and you know my kids actually don't even know how divorced parents usually are so you know sometimes they can feel very ripped off that their mum and dad aren't together understandably but i also remind them that like although it's not ideal for you and you would really like mum and dad back together um a lot of divorced children don't get to do this stuff together as a family so although you know it's sad your situation is still a one to be grateful for and mum and dad always want to work towards um, being the best family unit we can be for you without living together or being together. We my ex and I communicate about the welfare of our children pretty much almost every day, if not every other day. Um, So we talk about things like their days at school, how their moods are at home, uh, any emotional or behavioral struggles that we may be going through, and we try to brainstorm ways around it. And then if we don't do very well at that, we take it to the monthly psychologist appointment, and she will give us other strategies to work through as well because she knows our son and she knows what works for him. Um, So that's been a really, really helpful thing that we communicate so well about our children that anything rarely gets away from us. Um, We attend medical appointments together because our boys are special needs. Two ears are better than one. I heard this story, I don't remember who told me this, but it was about a mum and dad who were going through a bitter divorce because the dad cheated and the mum was angry. So they wouldn't go on medical appointments together and the child was a type one diabetic and the mother was taking the, the little boy to all the appointments. The father had no medical training or awareness on how to handle the little boy with type one diabetes and the little boy was coming back from the weekend at his father's house with like disgustingly high blood sugar. And that's because obviously he didn't have the awareness around it. Would he, if he was at those medical appointments, you would want to hope that he would give that child the sufficient care that he needs to be able to keep him alive, safe, and well. And personally, if that was My child going through that, I would be worried sick. That would actually be killing me to know that my son is suffering on a medical level because they can't get their shit together enough to attend an appointment. And it wasn't a domestic violence situation. It was just pure anger and resentment on on their part with each other. Always have each other's backs single parenting is so hard if you notice the other one struggling offer support sometimes we just need that other parent to come in to help either settle us or settle the situation. you know I know that times throughout the separate or the divorce in the last two years we've called each other hey come over you know I'm losing control of the ship here I need you to come over and help me and we've both done that for each other and it's worked really well because when you have a rested parent walk into the situation with fresh eyes they're not triggered they're able to calm the situation down so if you notice the other one struggling offer support you know at times my ex-husband has even taken the kids just for a couple of hours So I can emotionally settle down if I've had a really bad time. So I've always just found that really helpful. And honestly, I can count on one hand how many times that's happened, but the times that it has happened, I've been super grateful for it. We try to also have the same routine at both houses because the more stability for the children, the better it is for them to adjust. So having the same routine, you know, we have Dinner at the same time, we have bath at the same time, we have bed at the same time. One child chooses a movie one night, then the child chooses it the next night. So, you know, even if the kids are into a particular phase or game or something like that, we tell each other about it um, just so that can continue in the other home. And the kids have adjusted quite well. We even have a bit of a different type of custody thing, you know, we don't, we have 50 50. But we don't do this thing seven days on, seven days off. That doesn't work for us. So we have this arrangement where um, it's two and five. And it's great. I wouldn't have it any other way. Over the years, you know, people have commented, oh, that doesn't work. Well, don't let anyone tell you what works for you. And our kids love it. And that's the main thing. And the final tip that I want to give you today is if you can, try to negotiate the same rules at each house. It works so well for us. And it doesn't mean that one gets to choose all the rules. You negotiate. It's a discussion. Quite often, you know, we don't see eye to eye on the same things completely, but we say our pieces and then in the end, we will come together to negotiate what works and what the compromises are. So it's almost like it's, it's still like, in fact, I actually think that it's more function. It's definitely more functioning now than what the marriage was. I think it's because we've learned so much and we've learned that we're separate people and we have separate feelings. So we learn, we've learned to negotiate and there's not one of us calling the shots. It's both of us together um we also some like not sometimes we also do this we speak up with each other if we don't agree on what the other one did with the kids that you know we might have said something or done something we will never say it in front of the kids but later on we will say to each other hey that was a bit this or that was a bit that so we can even have those open conversations with each other now and it's just it's pretty bloody awesome if you ask me. I'm going to wrap this up now. This was such a great topic to talk about today. Um, I've loved talking about this. It's actually really put me into a really good heart space because it makes me so grateful. And I could never have imagined that two years ago, when I heard those words come from my ex-husband's mouth, that I would be sitting here today thinking, damn, man, we're the greatest divorced parents ever. <laughs> but it's true. I really, I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of everything that we've achieved in such a, such a apparently dreaded, doomed situation. So thank you so much for listening and supporting me like you do. You guys mean the absolute world to me have a great week ahead and I can't wait to talk to you all again soon bye thank you for listening to the entirely koala queen podcast please don't forget to follow or subscribe if today's episode has brought value to your life please share it to your social media and give it a rating in the apple podcast app it helps me so much until next time Take care and keep shining like you do.